The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. No jam jars then. <laughs> <laughs> some of them can, and some of them can do it better than men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, always, I always find it interesting. It doesn't matter what the topic is. Um, people that make such um, oppositional statements. Um, you know, and, and he's not saying anything. He's not saying anything incorrect, right? But uh, he no. is... He is one of those guys that that likes to jump stir the on. pot and stuff. Exactly, you know. Which, for the most part, I feel I feel guys that do that they kind of miss the point um, of the other person's argument anyway. But I know I miss the point of people's arguments all the time. So, case in point, this podcast. <laughs> um. So, how are you feeling this morning? tired you look more tired than usual i'm on a vacation currently so oh are you yeah nice i'm sorry to get you out of bed so early yeah whatever i'm not really sorry (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm just in the whole i don't want to do anything but like except for nothing Mm kind of headspace yeah yeah that's fair i um i toyed with the idea of just canceling i I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, my my last twelve hours have been less than pleasant, and uh, and I was toying with the idea of just canceling today's show and just sending out a uh, like a rebroadcast, <laughs> like an older episode or something. Because this is we forgot to mention that last week was our hundredth show. We're so good at this podcasting thing. <laughs> well, and, and it comes right down to you and I just don't give a shit about anniversaries or um, milestones. Yeah. And, and, and I know that, that that's a that's an issue to certain people in our lives. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's that much harder for us to, that much more of a challenge for us to... Think about the milestones. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Two people not giving a shit about a milestone for their own show, though. That's going to be... <coughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean to we'll you and I... We'll be 200 and we'll just be like, eh, it's just another. It's just another show, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like 100 didn't feel any different than 8. Although 8 probably was more exciting because it was still fresh and new and we weren't doing it on the regular all that much yeah and i was editing down like two to three hours worth of talking to be not at that point 
Oh, was it not? No, we, um, episode, you did the first five or six episodes and episode six or seven was the episode that we transitioned into just live. <coughs> Excuse me. Goodness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is neither here nor there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. As long as I don't have to go back to that, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually, um, Although it would probably be better now because there wouldn't be as much dead air to cut out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think, I, I think compressing us to, to the hour format, I mean, we've even talked about, about shortening it even more to 45 or, or half an hour, um, so that we have even less chance of dead air, although we'd still have, we'd still have those awkward moments. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the hour, the hour format, that, that maximum, that ending that comes in, comes along and cuts us off quite often without us even knowing. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I, I think it works. I think it works pretty well for the, for our just kind of bullshitting around the table format. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a new year. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if we mentioned that last episode, but we probably did. Um, it's a new year. There are some new the first one of the year. Cool. No, last the one? last episode was the first one of the year. Okay. We probably did then. Yeah. A couple of cool things have, have gone on, um, in the last week. Um, and maybe not, maybe in the last couple of weeks, but they're newsworthy to us because, you know, we don't stay super in touch with everything that's going on because, mm -hmm. In the pro audio world, it's kind of hard to keep up to date with with pro audio news specifically. Mm -hmm. Even in this even in this world of digital interactivity. Well, everyone's doing so much, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the big one of the big news things that um, that I got really excited about was a another engineer in town that reached out to me and asked me if I'd seen this and if I was excited about it. Have you heard about the new product line for Warm Audio? No. So I should have probably heard about it because, it was, you know, I, I it was occasionally announced. sell those things. It was announced last Wednesday, so they're not in stores yet. Is it on their website? It is, yeah. They have released a 1073 clone series. So they have a one channel, a two channel, a one channel with EQ and a two channel with EQ. Um, hmm. Yeah. And it looks like, it looks like um, based off what I've seen so far, it looks like the price point um, per channel starts at about, starts at about uh, seven or $800 per channel. Mm -hmm. Bam. Look at that. It looks cool. Hmm. Looks almost authentic, you know? Um, yeah, it, it, it made me really excited. It's 600 us for the, just the preamp. Yeah. And the EQ 800 for the, oh, with the EQ. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thousand bucks if you want stereo EQ or stereo, uh, preamp. 
and then 1500 for a stereo EQ, or yeah stereo yeah. preamp with eq so it's reasonable to think that that's 17 18 um canadian but yeah. uh, once you get into into a store here yeah anyway uh, it it made me it made me really excited at first um because i'm in the market for more, more preamps, preamps. yeah i, I thought we like, were supposed to like slap you if you get more preamps if, if if i buy another preamp roland is going to slap me yes that is actually going to happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that's the thing is um i have three spaces <laughs> what they have a uh <coughs> yeah a, a, a u47 clone you didn't know you really aren't paying it paying attention yeah. I haven't heard good things about it though. No? No. I've heard if um I've heard good things about the microphone, but I haven't heard good things about the microphone compared to other U forty seven clones. Well, it's very difficult to get your hand on those kinds of things because they're usually stupid expensive. Pretty expensive, yeah. Um if if they had branded it just as another microphone, um uh, then it, it probably would go over really well. Um, and, and people are saying nice I'd things about it. Probably be interested in it just because it's a tube mic. Yeah. Yeah. And they have the, um, if I, if I remember correct, they have a tube version and, and a, and a tube less uh, version, right? Yeah. They have the FET in here as well, mm. but it doesn't look like a, a, a FET, um, 47. Yeah. Well, so those things kind of dinky. <coughs> the FET forty seven is dinky in comparison to its tube counterpart. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Kind of interested if the four fourteen clone is anything like an actual four fourteen. You know what? I haven't actually heard any um, um, any. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, WA fourteen. WA fourteen review let's go take a quick look here what is the world of gear slot saying um five uh, it's got a single five-star review on sweetwater um okay the audio media international i have no idea who that what is what does recording hacks say about it um it's not even listed on recording hacks yet no no Oh, Tape Op has a has a review. Let's take a look at Tape Op. They're usually pretty pretty okay. Uh da da. Okay. Um so they're apparently cloning the original, quote unquote, um C fourteen E B with a brass capsule. Um da da da. Um, model shares the pad. There's no high pass filter. Um, da -da, okay. It's kind of a, a part of me wishes that warm audio would just make their own stuff instead of just cloning everything. Cause like they're totally capable of doing it. Right. Yeah, but it's... But I, I guess that that's the market they're going after is being a more affordable clone. Mm -hmm. 
Well, okay, so this is, uh, this is directly from that tape op review. It says, I confess that I love the warm audio WA-14. Um, most of what I had heard or read about the brass capsule had to do with its articulate top end. In use, I could hear the detail in the highs with no hint of harshness that some similarly priced LDCs can have. But it was actually the bottom end that was incredible to me. Recording a key ring test in a treated room, I could feel all the dead air below the tinkling in the track. And my new old stock piano from 1900, the WA-14 captured how overwhelming the bottom end sounds in my small room. Sometimes it isn't how good a mic sounds, but how well it captures everything, including the flaws. Um, yeah, there you go. Mm. If they're trying to clone a C414, it should be like a, I would describe it as like a, a harsher, more brittly kind of sound is what you would want out of it. Not the original C414s though. No? Right? Like the original C414s were, they were, um, they were the non-tube version of the C12, right? Um, and they because they introduced the transformer they got really dark mm. um they had they i mean <coughs> at least seems like half the microphones out there are based off of the c12 mm. what's an like easy they clone? do this or that yeah. differently to or at least it, it, yeah every time somebody's just like oh yeah we base this microphone off of this it's usually the C12. Um, so uh, they did a shootout with a an AKG C12A um, and two original C414 EBs, um, the ones with the old capsule. Um, the warm had the most output. Um, uh, they in on spoken word um, and I don't say exactly what um, they preferred the warm on two of four sources by consensus on a blind shootout um, on snare the lows were excellent on all the brass capsules but the four, four, uh, the WA-14's um, high presence helped um, distinguish the highs. On banjo, ditto. Um, for male voiceover, the C-12A had that tube sparkle, which just worked. Uh, the piano was more problematic. Um, trying to sh shoehorn for my same spot. Um, the piano, the C-12A came out ahead with the piano as well. Um, in live room, um, they did a, um, live recording with one microphone in the room in, in a big live room. Mm -hmm. Um, and the off axis sound was, um, was apparently spectacular. Um, but they found the rear of the figure eight pattern brighter than the front. Interesting. 
and it's not identical. Anyway, so <coughs> there you go. It looks like uh, it looks. Oh, are you looking at? Um, at I'm looking at WA forty seven now. Oh, okay. Cool. The tube one. WA forty seven. And there's like review. talk. I'm just glancing over how they built it, and it, it, lo- it looks like they did a little bit of like we th- we like this tube, and so we put it in there. Mm-hmm. Kind of customization or personalization, I guess, by the designers. But I can do that myself. Well, yeah. If you're I'm... trying to clone something, you should pick a tube that closely resembles the original. Well, the originals all used um, the the smaller EF tubes, right? Yeah, but find a modern equivalent. Yeah, kind of like um, Cathedral Pipes did. But that's the thing is so many, so many clones don't really do the clone thing. They do the inspired by thing. So then, right? Like, don't call it a clone. Say inspired <coughs> by. Yeah, I I would be actually. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a weirdo in the the market, but <laughs> I actually prefer that. <clears throat> so, um, Sweetwater. Looking up the WA WA forty seven. Sweetwater has um, uh, four reviews, all of them five stars for the WA forty seven. Um, Ooh, someone posted uh, on Gear Sluts. Someone posted a WA-47 shootouts versus other mics. Let's take a look. Hmm. So entertaining that we can do um, show research on the show. Uh, Um, Oh, someone says not a big fan of the demo. Um, The vocals sounded muffled and spitty at the same time. Um, whatever who cares is like compared to the yeah. rest of the stuff apparently there's not actually a shootout so the uh, the post lied okay <laughs> uh, yeah it's a lot of news articles but no more um, no more uh, reviews Excuse me. Well, it's a relatively new product. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That kind of leads me into um into another thing that um that I wanted to poke at. Um I had where is it here? Yeah. I had read I guess this is before the new year, or maybe this was just last week, but um Harmon uh, Harman Audio, whatever. They own DBX and JBL and AKG and all that. Right. They've decided to shut down the AKG um, uh, AKG Austrian headquarters um, where AKG was started 100 years ago, whatever. Right. Um, and a new... Um, a new microphone company has uh, has come up in the um, in the wake of it. Um, 
Austrian, uh, just called Austrian audio. Hmm. Um, or not. That's not even open. The website's not even opening in my browser. Um, but does something like that, does something like that ever, ever phase you? Oh, you're reading reviews and you're not going to be able to answer my question. Eh, whatever. <laughs> just, I don't know why I even looked at those reviews because I, I don't enjoy user reviews very often because it's often by people who don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I never pay attention to five-star or one-star reviews. Don't even bother reading them. Because um, yeah. most of them are, like you say, it's just not, they're not helpful. They're not knowledgeable or whatever. Four-star, three-star, two-star reviews, those are the ones that are usually usually a little more thought through. I don't or... mind reading one-star reviews because uh, it, sometimes it'll, point out like what is the worst thing that can be as a result of something type of thing like especially if there's a lot of like pretty good reviews i'll look at the bad reviews to see what is the worst experience people have had at sure. a place or something like that yeah or one and two stars for that see i'll, I'll read two star reviews for that for that same reason you know like what are people saying? sometimes are there's an amusement factor because <laughs> uh, uh, in December to amuse ourselves because we would have to often Google schools we would read the school reviews it oh, was yeah. just often by kids who don't know how to spell I mean I'm <laughs> one of those kids who doesn't know how to spell but it's just <laughs> like I'm looking at it and going like holy crap right? what is that word that I have to decipher <laughs> and saying Oh, the best one actually I saw was like a three-star review. And it's just like, I don't remember. I was five, three stars. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> Shit. Like, I think you would have to be so bored to like review a school you went to when you were five years old. That's even, how is that even relevant anymore? You know, like, like schools have so much change over year to year anyway. Or the, like a lot of the bad reviews that schools get, it's also like a kid who's still going there and it's just the, the one kid who's like always in trouble or something like that. And yeah, you can exactly. tell by reading the, uh, the review that they're always in trouble and that's why they don't <laughs> like it there. Yeah. <laughs> oh um google translate needs a millennials translator so for like the get lit fam words yeah oh okay that i don't even understand but i use just to piss off the one behind me you're gonna you're gonna love this um <coughs> being that she's not paying attention Oh, she is. She just glared at me. <laughs> so I had uh, Friday night, had a hip hopper come in. Mm -hmm. um, I won't say his name um, in case he wouldn't want me telling the story, but um, he brought in his boys. And they were all using millennial slang. Dude, I could not understand slang. what they were talking about at all. Like we, we discussed for the first 25 minutes or so 
mm-hmm. what they actually wanted. And it was really hard. You know how a lot of a lot of millennials, and I'm sure a lot of dudes too. I've I've met some forty something dudes that are like this too. But um, a lot of people talk in super vague terms without any sense of detail. Just like okay. I did right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these guys had had recorded at one of the hip hop studios in town. And they were the same song that they were planning on recording with me. Right. And they were generally unhappy with it. But they played it for me and I listened to it and it it sounded a little on the thin side. Okay. But otherwise it sounded it sounded pretty good. Um it sounded it sounded clear, it sounded crisp, it sounded in tune, which I know the guy can't sing in tune at all, so um it had the, it had a little bit too much of the auto tune thing, but as it turned out, it was that's what hip hoppers want, though, right? But it, it was, it, it as it turned out, it was a performance issue, not a, not a engineer issue, because, mm. I mean, this guy's performance was he was off enough that unless it, you went note by note, adjusting, um that whatever mm-hmm. or pre-tuning um right. right you'd get all these all these extra glitching in the in the autotune right right anyway <clears throat> so my biggest question to them was what are you unhappy with like what are the specifics you're unhappy with so that i can know and i can find a way to not do that, but do something that you're more satisfied with. Oh, yeah. This already sounds like conversations I have on a daily basis. Right? So they um, they used words like, like smoother um, and more... What, what was... Um... Smoother and better. Those were the two. Oh, I hate term. better. Better, stupid. Well, be- better is irrelevant. Yeah. Right. And I and I tried explaining that to them, and as I was explaining it to them, as they were trying to argue with me, one of them decided there was one kind of sober voice in the room. None of them were stoned. None of them were. None of them were drunk. They were all like just using language that was incredibly yeah. vague. They all seemed like great kids, um, you know, because they. Like they showed up, they more or less took the thing seriously. Yeah. Um, but I, but <clears throat> if you, all you're saying is make it better, like I don't know what that means to you. Well, and and and, and so what they what they did instead was instead of instead of continuing the argument with me, they decided that I should just do my thing, and they'll decide if they like it, and so. So I asked them, okay, sure. do you want to just give me $100 right now and flip a coin as to whether it's going to be worth anything? You know, like that sounds like a, that sounds like an unnecessary gamble. Anyway, so um, apparently I'd come recommended from, from a previous client. So okay. they were, they were willing to, they were willing to take the risk. So we just dived into it. And like a lot of hip hoppers, um, once we were past setup, mm-hmm. the guy just didn't want to do a second take of anything. And I had to, I had to kind of 
coerce him to, hey man, like we gotta, we gotta redo that that third verse or something. Mm, excuse me. Um, and by the end of it, it end, it it ended up sounding, it ended up sounding fine. Overall, my mix was my recording and my mix was warmer and a little fuller while still trying to be bright. Right. But, okay. Are they happy? So they were, yeah. I mean, they were, they seemed thrilled. Um, he sent me the link yesterday morning, um, of it released on SoundCloud. Um, okay. It so was SoundCloud polished. or Bandcamp, one of the two. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and so they were definitely happy with it. Um, but it was, it was just another, I, there was even one point where he was trying to get me to, he was trying to tell me about his bridge that he liked how the other studio had done it. And so I, I, I asked him what about the, that bridge do you like? Because if, if I know the details you're looking for, then I can recreate that. But if you're not able to tell me the details, we could spend a lot of extra time as I try this and try that and try this thing that he did and try that thing that he did. And I don't know if it's going to work. Right. Right. So, so I, I, I asked him to pay attention to the details and I, and I, and it actually stopped him from talking. Mm. He, he seemed a little put off by that, but it was like, no, dude, stop talking. Listen to this. You need to pay attention to what's going on around the voice and behind the voice. What noises are here? Are you hearing? What sounds are you hearing that is giving you this thing that you like? And right. he listened through to it once, just once mm. without mm. talking. And then said, just do your thing, man. It like it, Make it sound like this and we're fine. <laughs> All right. So I did everything that I heard in there and like, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, man, that's so awesome. Still have no idea what it was that he was looking for. I, I didn't match the reverb perfectly. Um, Whatever. It, yeah. It's difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it, it is what it you is. Can you can ballpark know. it. You're usually fine for yeah. most clients. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my weekly rapper story. Well, I have another rapper coming in tonight. I get things like that all the time, especially when people are like microphone shopping. They'll be like, so what's the best microphone? And I usually have to be like, well, I don't like that term because the best doesn't mean anything. Uh, and what's best to me may not be something that you enjoy. So all microphones are different. There is no best one. You can't just buy one and then it be good for everything because that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that was actually one of the one of the other um, topics I wanted to bring up is the. Um, I read a post this morning, mm -hmm. a blog post um, from a few days ago by a guy named Carl Winkler, and the headline is "Avoiding the Trap: Politics." religion and microphones. Hmm. <laughs> uh, naturally it, it, it dragged me in. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's so many microphones on the planet. 
mm-hmm. so many, even just so many actively made microphones, not even considering all the old classics that are still around. Yeah. It's just impossible to, to have a, to, to have a rational, well thought out argument that such and such a microphone is the best. You know, you can, cause you, cause you can make that same argument for so many different microphones. Yeah. Well, that, the conversation for me is a, I have to have it. And yeah. Oftentimes it's like, I, I recommend these microphones. They're really great. Or like if somebody's like, I need something for live performance. It's just like, get a SM58. It's like, oh, is that a good microphone? And then I grab one of my rental ones and I like chuck it. And I'm like, it's that good <laughs> that I'll do that. And I'm not scared that it's broken. I know it's going to work. Yeah. And it's going to sound the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done it on so many occasions. Like, and it, it, that is actually a powerful sales tool with that particular microphone. It's just drop it. That, guys, that's how much I, I trust that microphone. Do you guys um, um, try to remove the dents from the windscreen? Uh, rental ones? No. No. We sometimes replace the windscreen. Oh, okay. How when much? When they get super bad. How much are uh, replacement screens? If you get them directly from, sure, I think they're like five to ten bucks. Oh, that's nothing. That's awesome. I think. Cool. I don't know. It seemed a bit much compared to like some of the other ones that we can get. Yeah. But I mean, but I, I I also have to look at those things for the company and stuff. Right. Um, oftentimes we don't care about how much money we're spending though. Yeah. So I, I buy like the more expensive, um, mixer cases for like the X32. I get like the $300, actual flight case as opposed to the bag that a lot of other locations seem to get which just seems like a good investment yeah that gets an investment in protection right yeah it's also a good way to like get uh um what is word you can get an additional sale by having that case you can be like well oh, it, yeah. you should buy the case with it right and this case is going to be pretty solid yeah because it is like really good plywood and we had um when i was working on the road we always had custom cases for every for every console even even the cheaper consoles um now we didn't have anything smaller than i think our smallest was uh mackie 32 um but uh um every 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 console had a had a proper sense solid case for it because it, it's just i mean that that 300 or 500 dollar investment it's going to protect the three yeah. or four when you have thousand to go when you investment. have to go down a bumpy gravel road or through a back alley or or drop a console down a flight of stairs i haven't ever had to do that but <laughs> if i was going to i'd want it in a a, a flight case we um we did this, um, it was an ACDC tribute act in Fort St. John. No, no, no. Um, in Fort McMurray and the bar was in a basement and it was stairs only access. Jesus. And we could, 
the the front stairs were really wide, but it was a flight of stairs, a landing, then another flight of stairs. But the back stairs was where they brought in all the booze, and right. they had a they had an actual um, um, like a manual conveyor belt. I don't know what those are called. They're not actually a conveyor belt, but you know what I mean. Like it was like just a the rollers. It was rollers with with a rubber mat on top that just just would cycle as oh. things rolled down. It's um, kind of like a conveyor belt. Kind of like a conveyor belt, right? <clears throat> anyway, so we um, we had to load down like a full show's worth of uh, of gear, the band and the and us. Uh, and sure enough, the one thing that got dropped <laughs> that just rolled down this thing and shot out <laughs> was the Soundcraft 200B. In case, of course, but yeah, we opened that thing up and we're like, is it going to work? <laughs> Let's plug in. Okay, I got the power. You ready? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it worked fine, but. Only time I've ever been worried about a thing, one uh, plugging it in was when it had a very strong um, smell of melted plastic or mm. melted PCB board. Yeah, that that kind of smoky, yeah. This thing has been on fire once. Yeah, Smell. Right? Um, I had the DBX 160, uh, or the, one, the S, uh, 160SL. Mm -hmm. I had that opened up yesterday, yesterday, um, Saturday morning. And um, I think it was Saturday morning, whatever. Uh, the, the bulb for the VU, the right VU meter burnt out. Okay. So I had to open it up. Um, I had to pull out the power supply, um, to be able to even access the screws to release the VU meter to be able to open it up. Anyway, so the new parts, um, apparently there's two bulbs in there and I only got one, uh, cause I only asked for one cause I didn't know that there were two in there. Mm -hmm. Um, but the new bulbs are an eighth of an inch too long and they don't have, they don't have, um, originals. Cause this is, this one's from, I think this one's from like 99 or 2000, right? So yeah. 18 years of process change, I guess, but not that they're make the, not that they make those compressors anymore, but, um, it, uh, it, um, just would it just refused to fit in properly and it was a pain in the i must have fought for i must have fought for an hour trying to get that bulb into the socket um and soldered in place mm -hmm. and then getting the enclosure back around it to be able to yeah just to light up your view just to light up the view and of course i was hoping I tested the one bulb and I, and, and the one bulb was intermittent. So I was hoping that it would still work. Maybe I'm just bad at using my meter, right? That was my hope. Um, I get it back in, get it plugged in. I'll put it back together, turn it on, nothing. So I had another one on order, but that was a, that was a pain. Sounds like it. Yeah. Especially knowing that I have to now do it all over again. I clearly need a desoldering tool. That was one of my biggest things because I had to. Oh, those things are great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, need to add that to the list of. Avi Osinski's podcast just uploaded. Oh yeah. What is he? Uh, what is he talking <clears throat> about today? 
headlines, Spotify going public, which is actually kind of interesting about, news. Well, they've been talking about that for a long time. Yeah, but it is now going public. It, it is official now? That's what it looks like on this. Cool. Cool. Uh, Gibson skipping Nam. <laughs> Gibson's doing a lot of things, like getting rid of Sonar, but that that just makes sense. Yeah. And uh, Soundworks CEO is going to be what is What is Soundworks? Um, Soundworks. What is Soundworks? Why do I know that? Um... Taking you behind the scenes and straight to the dub stage for a look into post-audio production for feature films, video games, sound designs, and original soundtrack composition. Um, it is what? So it's a news. Oh, it's a news site. Okay. Cool. Oh, you're ringing. Someone's calling me. That's awesome. You want to take it on the take it on the podcast? No. Nope. Oh, man. They hung up. Besides, I wouldn't answer it anyway. Who was it? Someone in BC. Oh, man. Maybe it's work. No, it's not. <laughs> Fine, then. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. So do you know who... Um, what's our time like? Oh, yeah. Do you know who Chris... Uh, Sengarides is I'm, not, I'm probably not I'm probably butchering that last name but um, producer that just died a couple days ago yeah no died on Sunday I don't think I do know who that is um, 61 best known for his extensive work with hard rock and metal acts um, Judas Priest Anvil Gary Moore Thin Lizzy and Yngwie Malmsteen among okay. many others I know of those bands. I'm not really a fan of any of them, but that's fair. He died. Um, he died Sunday of pneumonia and heart failure. Um, also worked with uh, Tom Jones, the Tragically Hip, and he made he produced Concrete Blondes' breakout hit Joey. Mm. Does that, was, that mean something to me? Thing, right, that was the thing that made me uh, made me want to mention it to you. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know that song Joey there's a weird string of words that you just saw there <laughs> I don't know I don't think I do know mm. that song um, here's some other acts that he uh, worked with um, Black Sabbath Ozzy okay. Um, he was, where was it? He was part of the, um, uh, he was the tape operator for Black Sabbath's Sabotage, Sabotage ah. um, album. Okay. Well, it sounds like he, he was into like the more classic metal. Scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jan Hammer, Exodus, Samantha Fox, Overkill, Sisters of Mercy, um, Bruce Dickinson, Ian Gillen, Gilbert O'Sullivan, Killing Joke. Um, I was a fan of them. King Diamond, Halloween, Lords of the New Church, Loudness, Therapy? Question mark. Um, just lists a whole bunch. 
um, worked on Judas Priest's second album, um, Sad Wings of Destiny. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's sad that he died. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't know who he is, so. Nope. Yeah. I did, I'd, I'd not heard of him either, but uh, I had heard his name. Um, I discovered a new podcast, a new, um, a heavy metal guitar centric podcast. Okay. Called the double tap, double stop, the double stop, not the double tap. That's something entirely different. Um, and it's, uh, it's a Canadian dude named Brian sword. Um, and he interviews, he interviews, um, the double stop. Yeah. He interviews, um, producers, engineers, and guitar players or uh, some other musicians, um, that work in metal. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Pretty cool. Um, he's, he's about on par with us for, um, for interviewing ability. Like he's (laughs) awkward to listen to. (laughs) All right. But his, but his guests are, are decent. Um, his, uh, his, the last one that I have, um, uh, just came out October 31st, um, was this Chris, um, Sengarides. Uh, I'm butchering that. So just before he died, just before he died. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's, that's how, when I, when I saw this headline, um, I, uh, I had to add that to our list of things to talk about just to just to see if you if you knew him no i wasn't i'm not familiar with his work yeah. in terms of like in depth looking at it um some of those bad names i i know obviously but yeah I don't know, it's, it's not stuff i was fans of anyway right that was before my time here we go um, so I'll, uh, I'll take you in a different direction. Sure. Ivan, <laughs> don't fall asleep on a podcast. It's bad radio. I won't fall asleep. <laughs> so I haven't, I have a, something new that's happening to me tonight. Um, I'm meeting with, I'm meeting with, um, a guy I've been working with for six months or so. Um, I recorded and mixed his EP and then he had me master it as well. Right. Um, which I think turned out pretty good. Uh, exposed a flaw in how we'd been working over the, over the six months in that all of the mixes were drastically different. Um, in big part because all of his, all of his instrumentals were drastically different, but, um, anyway, so he, he, uh, just before Christmas, he decided to, um, cause I, I, I'd advised him against having me master it anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I mixed the whole damn thing. So what he did was after I'd mastered it, he asked for the, um, the, the, the mixes, mm-hmm. the pre-master, um, versions. Cause I'd given him all the mixes, a hip hop guy. Right. So I'd given him all the mixes as loud as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I gave him the, gave him the mixes. Yeah. He has sent them off to Sound Lab Mastering. 
um, to have them master and um, get a comparable. Um, and they are... Oh, that's cheap, actually. What are they charging? They're... Uh, they have a they have a scale, right? Um, single song. All these prices are American. Single song sixty five dollars, but three songs for one hundred and twenty five dollars. A seven song EP for two hundred and fifty dollars, and a twelve song album for four hundred. That, that's on par with me. Well, actually, no, that'd be more expensive than me because yeah. it is American. Yeah, yeah, it's more expensive than both but of us. It, but if you converted that price without inflation to Canadian dollars, it's on par with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the same for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to hear the results. I, I hope he's gotten them back tonight. Um, cause I'd really like to hear how my masters stand up to his, stand up to theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, especially cause I don't do mastering full time and these guys do. Right. You know, price or price or not that there's, there's going to be an advantage there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, oh, and they do a free sample. Cool. I have yet to, well, I got a few mastering guys I want to try out, but I would need a finished product first. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I mastered, I mastered uh, a two, uh, um, two songs last night um, of a rock band I worked on uh, I mixed before Christmas and and one of them turned out fantastic um, and the other one exposed a major mix error that I made um, too much low end in the guitars that muddied up the kick and the bass as mm-hmm. I squeezed it all together right yeah um, but the other song the, the guitars were all super clean and so there's no low end in them hmm. um, that one turned out great I yeah. was really happy with that I enjoy that aspect of mastering is especially if you mix the stuff and you're just like oh I screwed up there <laughs> yeah it made me want to reopen the mix but the band was super happy with the mix so I didn't want to I didn't want to go back in and tinker with it too much that's fair yeah um it's a good way to learn EQ and compression <coughs> techniques. Mm-hmm. I found, or at least it helped me with like that kind of stuff after I knew the basics. Well, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories of like going back to the fifties and such of, uh, before an engineer was allowed to work in the studio with a musician, they had to, they had to learn the mastering side of it. And I mean, it wasn't called mastering back then, right? But, right. Um, but the side of it of of taking the finished recording and putting it onto vinyl yeah. and understanding understanding the requirements of that, the the issues. There, there was a lot more technical aspects to it though back then. So it was to try and make it so that you weren't putting too much low ends and thus right. cutting but through I think, the but vinyl. But I think the same the same process would largely apply to would largely apply to engineers learning today that if if they if they would learn mastering even at a basic level 
to understand it, to understand the difficulties that it that it presents yeah. before they dive into mixing. I think I think a lot of that a lot of the mixing skills would develop more appropriately for yeah. um I suppose. I don't know if it matters if it has to be before learning how to mix, but right. Yeah. Because you need to understand the basic concepts of mixing anyway in mastering. Do you, though? I don't know. I feel like I do. Hmm. Like how to use your tools and stuff. But but the mindset the is... is different in terms of what you're trying to achieve for sure. Yeah. And there's too many people out there that are just they master, but they're like, oh, I want to increase the kick drum. I need stems. Yeah, you practice stems. <laughs> you don't need uh, stems for mastering. I heard, um, I watched a Rob Scallon YouTube video mm -hmm. the other day, and he called multi-tracks the stems. Um, and that always, that always bugs me maybe not want to watch any of his videos ever again. So I probably won't. Um, Cause the stems are not the multi-track, right? Rob Scott. That's one of the uh, YouTube, guitar, YouTube guy. guitar guys. Yeah. That makes sense that he calls them that. I mean, that's a common mistake mistake that, yeah. but I've also heard, I've also heard guys overseas refer to the multi-track as stems. But um, it's wrong. And even like the more technical guys overseas know that that's wrong. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. It just really bugs me whenever, cause I, cause it's I, a, I then have to unpack. What do you actually mean? <laughs> yeah. I have to, yeah. I have to put myself in a mindset to translate the word instead of just being in my default state. Yeah. Oh, you want stems? Here's the drums. Here's the every, all the other instruments. Here's the lead vocal. Here's the vocals. Here's the effects. Mm. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I have enjoyed that. I had one time trying out a guy, and it was by client's request uh, for mastering, and he asked for stems, and I had already expressed how I thought that that was stupid. Uh, whatever but that you know i just said okay whatever if you're willing to pay me for printing the stems i'll do it and they were willing to pay, pay me to print the stems cool. so i printed off actual stems so it was just like here's my drum bus here's <laughs> yeah. my guitar bus yeah here's my vocal bus here's my miscellaneous bus <laughs> miscellaneous <laughs> that's just all the yeah. other things that maybe and i have several of them but <laughs> yeah like if there's keyboards or or strings or something, I'll just try to translate something that this all kind of serves the same purpose. Yep. So they go to that bus. Right. And I just call it my miscellaneous bus. I'm doing a, um, I'm doing a mix for a client um, right now. And I was supposed to do it over, I was supposed to do it after Christmas, but I was crazy sick. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm working on it now and he's got, he's got, I don't know there's 17 synth, synth tracks in it all doing slightly different things pretty much all in stereo so it's it's a it's a chore to work through them all um <coughs> but I started really early being really aggressive with compression mm -hmm. and 
and just the instrumental underneath the vocals because there's like six layers of vocals too um the compression is really just really just squeezing it all together and, and creating that wall of sound that he had going on um it, it's a it's a really interesting mix mm. challenge um it's remarkable how much low end i've been just dumping that all of these things have that just aren't beneficial so he might have been using presets so yeah where well he's they all make them so that they sound good by themselves not in a package he's one of those he's one of those producers that um that um he's really good at the songwriting thing and he's okay at the recording thing um but of course he it, it also works in pro tools um instead of like logic or ableton or something but okay. but yeah he's a he's a preset he's a preset guy faders and and um faders and melodies that's that's his thing right right um but we had a we had a conversation about him wanting to learn more about about the rest of it and so i'm i'm doing the entire mix in pro tools just with pro tools stock plugins because he doesn't have anything but the pro tools stock stuff the stock stuff in Pro Tools is great, right? Just Pro but, Tools itself sucks. Yeah. In my they all have issues. Opinion. Oh, I, I know. They all have issues. There's lots of things about Reaper that just I don't like enjoy. Pro Tools the most. Um. So, <coughs> goodness me. So, um, so when I've done the mix, I'm not going to deliver him a mixed file. I'm going to deliver him the session. The session. Okay. And um, and he'll. tweak and tinker from there i'm sure i will keep a reserve copy (laughs) so when he's tweaked it and tinkered beyond intelligibility i will be able to fix it but um well he's going to probably look at it and think i don't know how much experience does he have mixing i'd say he's probably in the course of his musical career he's probably finished maybe a dozen songs mixing um, so not a lot at all. Okay, so he's going to probably look at that and then try to use the same settings on things. Would be my my guess. Yeah, maybe. That's why I don't like doing those projects. I've had people request that I send them pictures of all my settings and stuff, and I always have to explain to them that that's not how mixing works. Yeah. What you want to do is just copy my settings and make it work for all of your future songs so that you don't have to pay me. The yeah. reality is, well, is I can give you those and it's not going to work. This kid, which is why I don't mind giving him up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this kid isn't going to be like that. He's not actually interested in, in mixing. Okay. He's interested in songwriting and he's interested in, in, um, in producing and that kind of stuff, but he's not interested in the technical side. Okay. Um, he doesn't mind doing doing a lot of the editing because the editing to him is part of editing something in to be right for for whatever part he's doing right but right um but he's not actually interested in in the mixing or the mastering side of it so so we do all that okay oh there's our it's the music it is really quiet i shouldn't uh you know what it's it's so quiet that that mary's snoring is drowning it out I guess that's it. Um, Great show. We'll see you all next week. See ya. Follow our hosts on Twitter at Two Bodies of Water. Got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer.
I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.